hold up our Bibles. Have you ever thought, and I was thinking this the other day, but have you ever thought, why do we do this? What are we saying when we say our little mantra? Gotcha. Okay. That we should never forget the power comes from here. Okay? Always remember that. And we start off always by saying, I am a child of... And I hold, I hold in my hand the powerful Word of God. It can change lives, heal broken hearted, and save man's soul. Lord, here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. So you're asking for God to speak to you through here. Amen? All right. Look at your neighbor and send whatever you want to tell them. <laughs> tell them whatever you want to say. Encouragement back there on the back row. Does she want to, we need to put her up here so she'll calm down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. John chapter 12 is where we'll be today. And there's three things that I want to, you to grab and take away from. I want, we're going to be in verses 20 through 36 in John 12. Three things will stand out, I think. First of all, people want to see Jesus. People need to see Jesus. And then people will see Jesus. Uh, and as His disciples... We can either aid or hinder people in all three of those aspects. Okay? So, when people are looking for Jesus, what will they find? There's a story that is uh, supposedly a true story about a woman named uh, Helen who lived in New Westminster, British Columbia, Canada. They found her body one night at the door of Emmanuel Pentecostal Church. Helen had been trying to get into the church, but she never got further than the door. Uh, John Harris was the caretaker and security guard who lived in an apartment in the church. He heard what he thought was a scratching or clawing at the door that night. He quickly got dressed and made his way carefully to the front door where he heard the noise again. First, he looked out the little window to, in the front door, uh, and he didn't see anybody. Then he quietly began unlocking the door, thinking it was perhaps a stray animal of some kind. Uh, and so you can imagine how surprised he was when he opened the door and found the body of a woman lying there. In fact, she fell into the church as the door opened. At once he recognized the blood that seemed to be everywhere from obvious stab wounds on the woman's body. She was still breathing, but just barely. And John immediately made his way to the telephone, alerted the police and emergency personnel. Then he called the pastor and told him what was going on. Police arrived on the scene quickly and began to assess the situation. And the emergency personnel showed up and tried to help the woman, but she had already lost too much blood. And so she died. This was an easy crime for the police to solve. Because all they had to do was follow the trail of blood. 
It led to where the crime had taken place. It led them to her second floor apartment just around the corner and about three blocks away from the church. That's where she lived with her boyfriend. He was still there with the knife in hand, sitting on the floor of the apartment in a pool of blood. The police immediately arrested him. There were still some questions in their minds. Police wondered as they followed the trail of blood back to the church why Helen had come here to this particular church. Why didn't she pound on her neighbor's door for help? Why not to the little convenience store on the corner of the street that was open 24 hours a day? Why did she pass the phone in front of the store? If she had gotten help sooner, there was a real good chance that her life could have been saved. The trail of blood went from her apartment down the stairs onto the sidewalk. It didn't stop at her house along the way. It kept going from for three blocks. There were places where there was more blood than others as she stopped along the way, no doubt, to regain strength. If she had just turned into one of the houses, but she didn't. Helen kept crawling along to the church. She dragged herself around the corner of the third block and headed to the church. And at the bottom of the steps of the church she met, or she must, she must have laid there for a long time until she finally gained enough strength to climb the stairs. But up the stairs she went to that front door where she had tried to open it. And that's where John, the caretaker, found her. When the pastor arrived, he was able to identify the body as that of a young woman that he and his wife had taught a Bible study to about a year ago. So she is a member of your church? The police asked. No, no. She didn't attend any church, to my knowledge. She had shown so much interest when they talked to her about the Lord, but she had never made it to church. All she knew about the church was through that one Bible study. And so it was a mystery to the police why she did what she did. Why did the struggle, why did she struggle for three blocks and around the corner to the church? Why was she trying to get into the church? What did she expect to find there? What did she expect to see? And what could getting into the church do to help her in the condition she was in? Those were questions that were in the minds of the police officers that night. So with this story fresh in your minds, my question to you and the subject of the message today is this. When people open the door of our church on any given Sunday, what will they find? What will they find? Let's go to our text. John chapter 12. We'll pick it up at verse 20. If you have your Bibles open there, follow along with me. If you don't have your Bibles there, you should have. All right. And you, you should have gotten a pen attached to your bulletin, so you've got something to underline with and circle, and here we go. Now, among those who went up to worship the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in uh, Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, here's our phrase, right? Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, 
it bears much fruit. Whoever loves this, his life loses it, and whoever hates this life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to, to this hour. So, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice from heaven said, I have glorified it, and I will glory, glorify it again. Verse 29, the crowd was, that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Verse 35, So Jesus said to him, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. And the one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. So seeing Jesus involves perception with your eyes, inspection with your hands, an examination, discernment, and discovery when you are seeking and getting involved with Jesus it takes a lot more than just, huh, huh. In fact, Jesus was unafraid of inspections. Luke chapter 24 and verse 39 says, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Jesus was not afraid after the resurrection to let people touch him. Come on. That's what he told Thomas, wasn't it? Thomas said, I'm not sure it's you. So he goes over, he pulls his robe back so he can see the hole through his hand right here. Wouldn't be here, so when they, because when they threw it, threw it into the hole, it would have torn through. They put it here in between the two major bones. See? Then he had some holes on the tops of his feet. And then he had another one in his side. It's probably where the rib was taken to make a woman. No. <laughs> it's where the spear went in. Let him see it. Come touch it. And then Thomas said, I believe. And Jesus said, Greater are those who have not seen and yet still believe. That's us. Three things. People want to see Jesus. They want to see Him in His mystique. <clears throat> He's still mysterious. He's still... Why does He act this way? Why does He carry Himself this way? Mm, I, they want to see his mystique. Who's the Jesus who changed the world? I mean, our calendar is reflected after him. Who's this healer? Who's this teacher? Well, people want to see Jesus in his authenticity. <coughs> John fifteen one. I am the true vine, and my Father the vine dresser. 
He's authentic. He's the real deal. You can say all you want to about OU and OSU. But those quarterbacks are the real deal. I mean, they could put the, I mean, they put that ball on a dime. Okay? That's one of those games, whoever loses, there's no loser. Because they, they all played well. The real deal. He's authentic. People also want to see him in his glory. Lifted up. That's what he says. The Son of Man will be lifted up so I can draw all men to myself. Church is about lifting up Jesus. Don't lift your preacher up. I'll hurt you. I'm a big person. If you try to lift me up, it gets ugly. You remember Big T, some of you, and Sweet T, Tyler Thomas? Yeah, I want you to grab him and lift him up. He's 350 pounds now. It's like picking up a rock. I mean, a big rock. It's unbelievable. But Jesus, in His glory, lifted up on the cross, going to heaven, in the hearts of men. People want to see Jesus in His victory. That resurrection is the capstone for you and me. Without the resurrection, we've got no hope at all. Got none. You can hope it. Well, if you don't have it, you're, you're in trouble. At his death, graves were open. Resurrected, the, the resurrection presents itself in Jerusalem on the day of the Feast of First Fruits. His resurrection proves that ours is going to come and will come. That's how we already win. If you have Christ, and that was the emphasis of a memorial service yesterday with Arlene, there is no question in anybody's mind where she went. That makes it a lot easier to preach a, a, a funeral. When you already know where they're going. It's the world, not my home, passing through. <laughs> All right. People also want to see Christ in His disciples, in us. <clears throat> a history professor at a state university was a Christian. He would go down to a local nursing home and visit with the elderly men and women there on a weekly basis. Though some were lovingly visited every day by their families, having been sent there because they needed care that uh, couldn't be provided in the home environment, for many it was a place where they simply got dumped also because uh, their children didn't want to be bothered with them. They were sad <clears throat> and lonely. And one day after this professor had made his weekly home visit to those elderly people, a student stopped him and told him how wonderful it was that he had shown such great love to these older people. And the professor was taken a bit aside from that. He said, you think I have a love for it? A gift for it? Do you think I enjoy smelling urine, stepping over bedpans? Talking with someone who drifts off into senile daydreams in the middle of a sentence. Enjoy it? Man, you've got to be kidding. And now it was the student's turn to be stunned. Then why do you go out there every week? Here it is. You ready? Because the professor said this. That is where Christ would be. And that is what Christ would do 
And I am a follower of Christ. So we're to imitate the Master with sacrificial lives, as imperfect and dissatisfied as we can be, realizing that we are known by our fruit. And I think today we've made church way too convenient. You don't have to work to get here. Your biggest struggle is getting out of bed and coming to, to, to church on Sunday. And then the bigger the church, the more multiple services they have. It's just become a place of convenience. You know, we're going to have a church that meets this many times, and you come and be a part of those. And I'm not belittling churches. This is awesome. They want to reach people for Christ. Love that. Love that. And they're doing it. Love that too. Amen. But do we really, are we really putting out anything for God? People want to see Jesus, and secondly, people need to see Him. A young preacher went to a new church as the pastor. And he thought the people wanted to hear intellectual preaching. So he filed his sermons uh, away, and then he began to fill his sermons with intellectual things. Church attendance dropped off. And so the young preacher, he left the church. And then one day, when he came to the pulpit, he found a card with the words, We would see Jesus. We would see Jesus written on, those, on, those, on that card. At first he was angry. But soon began to realize that he had been giving God's people the wrong message. He promised the Lord from from that time on that he would preach Christ and Him crucified. And as he did this, the church began to grow. And the young people returned to the church. Christ crucified. Resurrected. That's the message we should be preaching. It's the message we should be living. But when you see Jesus in His context, He was a Jewish rabbi, Right? He was celebrating the Feast of Passover at this time. Remember what Passover is? Anybody remember what Passover is? It's when Noah was told to put the blood over the doorposts of the of the uh, house. Oh. Finally. Now, if Doy Doak was still alive and he'd be sitting right there, his head would have cocked. Wouldn't say anything, his head would have cocked. When Moses was instructed by God to put the blood, there's the Passover, and then the death mist would pass over that house. So Jesus is at that feast of remembrance of Passover in, in the context of our message, and also he's given an allusion to wheat and to Pentecost in our verses. We need to see Jesus in our condition. In the midst of our sins. Psalm 51, 1 and 2 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Powerful two verses. Taking ownership of sin. We also need to see Jesus in our sorrows. Isaiah 53, 3, describes him as a man of sorrows. 
We need to see Jesus in our brokenness. <clears throat> it's not so much that you show repentance by tears, you show repentance by change. Here's a good tweet for statement you can put out there. It's not so much the tears that show repentance, but the change that shows repentance. Psalm thirty four eighteen The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves saves the crushed in spirit. We need to see Jesus in our departure from this world. Second Timothy four six. Uh, we we just need to do that. We need to see the fact that we're going to be with the Lord forever. So people want to see Jesus. People need to see Jesus, and then finally, people will see Jesus. Christ will come. <clears throat> And His coming will be unexpected. Amen? <coughs> when He comes, I've got this on good, uh, good uh, counsel. When He comes, He's going to use Facebook to let everybody know He's on the way. I also found out that the radar people in NORAD will be able to track Him from Alaska to Oklahoma and be able to let us know exactly where the C.R. Smith was one of the founders of American Airlines he once made a stopover in Nashville, Tennessee and when he did he found two desks in the American Airlines corridor at the airport on one was a phone and it was ringing ringing and ringing away sitting at the other desk with his feet propped up was a man reading the newspaper Smith walked over to him and said, Your phone is ringing. Oh, that's reservations. I'm maintenance. So Smith was very furious. Walked over to the desk, picked up the phone, began talking to a man who urgently needed to get to California. Mr. Smith rattled off the schedule from memory to the man hung up, and the man from maintenance couldn't believe it. Say, that was pretty good, he said. Do you work for American? Well, yes, I do, Smith said, and you used to. (laughs) It's important to take life serious, to take this eternal life serious. It's really important because you don't know when God's going to call you home. You just don't know. You may linger to your 129. By the way, Ralph, when's your birthday? Isn't it next week? 100 at his next birthday. Is that not awesome? Amen. We need to get a cake that would handle 100 candles. Of course, the fire marshal would have to come out and help put it out. It's so exciting. I mean, you know, if, if you're not engaged with him, you should be. You need to engage with him. But we've got to take this eternal life, this end, the coming of the Lord, we've got to take it serious. Quit playing around. Too many people are playing around. Quit playing games. Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. The thing that I've got to make sure you leave here with 
is the reality that there is a second coming. Revelation 1, 7 Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so, Amen. People who have thought they were more important than Almighty God will suddenly find out that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. (laughs) You can have all the money in the whole wide world, you're going to bow your knees to Jesus. If you don't think so, that angel will have the sword and say, Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, let me just kind of help, help get you down on your knees there. But I'm convinced that through my reading of Scripture that you won't have to encourage me to be on my knees. I'll be in the presence of God, so I'll be on my knees. Amen? Also uses the word Emmanuel. God with us. And that can be good or bad, because our deeds, it said, are going to be judged and looked at. Ooh, I don't like that part. Nowadays, we have security cameras. For what purpose? So when you have somebody break in your house, you can prove they broke in your house. And most of the thieves are pretty dumb, aren't they? I mean, literally. They really are. They'll look right into the camera. Thank you. That's all I needed. So it's amazing. But are you going to be on the right side of God with us? I mean, we have devices that help us see better, to investigate more intently. Glasses, telescopes, microscopes. We're seeing stuff we can't believe. Much like this video I want to show you. Got to get a little sports stuff in here. Make sure we get the volume up, Jeff. Tell me what you, well, how you respond to this. This is fun. And, of course, it won't work, right? <laughs> 16th catch of the day. Six plays later. Can somebody cover this man? 18th catch of the day. A franchise record. Tied for second most in NFL history. As for this game, a buck 17 to go. Cutler, who's he looking for? The ball's loose. It's his second turnover inside the red zone in the last few minutes, and it's a crusher. Here's the game over. Only this was actually called a fumble. Yeah. It is not called a fumble. Ed Hockley, you'll see the referee in the backfield, is whistling the play as incomplete. Oh, I can't believe we shot at him with those guns. But we were able to put the circle around him. And here's Hockley's explanation why Norb's upset. The play should have been ruled a fumble. By rule, the ball was dead when it hits the ground because the whistle was blown. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's Denver's ball at the 10-yard line, which is the spot that the ball hit the ground. Goes down. Oh, boy. So instead of the game being over, Denver has new life. And two plays after that new life. Cutler fires into the end zone of his rookie receiver, Eddie Royal. So what do you do here, Steve? They're obviously going to overtime. Well, you usually just kick it and go into overtime. But no, Mike Shanahan says, I'm at home. I've got a long-term contract. Go for two. I'm going for two. And it's Cutler to his rookie, Eddie Royal. Yes. Two points. <laughs> and the Broncos were up. Then they come back. And they go for two with 24 seconds to go for crying out loud. That's amazing. That's how you pick a whole organization up. And that's the way the Broncos improved to 2-0. and 
Sometimes you... That's back when Denver knew how to play. (laughs) Sometimes you see things, and sometimes you don't. And you've got to wonder, what was Ed Hockley seeing? You don't think that was a fumble? His arm was going forward, and it came out of his hand. Are you seeing the right things? Are you looking with the right eyes? When's the last time you spent some time on your knees asking God to forgive you and or being grateful that He has forgiven you? Pray with me, would you please? Father, I thank You for time this morning that we can come together and fellowship around Your table and around Your Word. I want to pray, Father, for everyone in this room that you'll bring a blessing upon them this week. But, Father, today, is there one in this room who's never claimed you as their Savior might respond in that way? We'd love to sit down and teach them more what the Scripture uh, teaches regarding that decision. What's important? Where do I get started? How do I begin to grow and bear fruit as a Christian? But I would suspect there's many more in this room that just need to do an old-fashioned altar call and just come forward to the cross and spend some time on their knees at that cross talking to you. But God, if there's one that has a decision today, would you touch them, wrestle with them, prod them, move them? In Jesus' name, amen.